previously on Worlds Away. After another few days of travel, the Valiant drops out of FTL, and we pick back up with the ship entering the atmosphere of Feronia 1. Next to the lake is a couple clusters of crocodilian-looking creatures, these serpentine flying organisms. We see what sort of looks like domed creatures looking most closely to what we would call jellyfish. I think off in the distance in a clear patch of land, Arno notices that the ground is moving, but behaving the way that you might expect water to. You see two people jump out from behind one of those parked ground vehicles I mentioned. But instead of interacting with you at all, they bound quickly toward a trio of people. And before any of those three can turn around, the two people in the jackets with the bandanas over their face fling the contents of the cylinder at a woman near the back of that group. And she is covered in bright red paint. Do you know who those people were that threw paint at that person who won't talk to us? Not specifically. Generally? I'm guessing they were upset about her. Why would they be upset about her? You can usually just tell here. She was a hunter. That's so excellent because also for fun facts, I have a zero oh, on really? scoping out. All right, we really so, fucked up who's doing the role here. Yes. Also for words with, I have a plus one to stalwart, so it was significantly Unreal. better the other way. Unreal. Oh, look, a, f- a four. Okay. <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and mark some XP. And so I think that you and Mara kind of head out of this building and you leave the shield behind in kind of the, the rush out of there. So can you tell me more about the, the creature you saw? Not sure why you all are coming to talk to me now. I, uh, I already told the other guy everything I knew. Um, if you don't mind my asking, who was the other guy? He kind of narrows his eyes and reaches into a bag, but then he mm. pulls out and this kind of strikes you a rectangular paper business card. So Lila's going to pay for the drinks and then pull out her slate and show the picture of the business card and say, is Mr. Creek available by any chance? I'm not taking any appointments now, though you should certainly come back in a few weeks. We're uh, not looking to make an appointment, but I think happen to be walking the same trails as you are at the moment. If you're looking for this monster this is a feronia problem last thing we need is a bunch of earthers coming here and well stepping in it respectfully of course but as soon as he says that the door to the bar opens with kind of a soft bang at which point he says oh fuck and back at the door the woman at the front of the group finishes putting away her sunglasses and she says all right which one of you is Ren Creek? <laughs> I'll look over at Ren and just say, sounds like a Feronia problem.
Welcome to World's Way, an actual play storytelling podcast. I'm your game master, John Ossip, and with me we've got Haley Daria. Hello. Lauren Woolbanks. Spit take. Michael Morales. You. And Mo Shatara. John won't let me eat. That's true. I will not let you eat on mic, even though I still see you chewing right now. I'm not chewing. Okay. Well, I have finished my protein bar. Will you please drink, take a, like a sip of water to clear out your pipes? Yeah, this is this is for everyone's benefit, but mostly ours. I'm going to enjoy cutting out that swishing later. Appreciate it. Yeah. So I think we're going to pick back up where we left off, which is in a booth in the back right corner of a bar that I extremely wittily named Earls on Grey. Um, and where the four of you are sitting kind of both opposite and next to a man who has kind of sunken down into his <laughs> Sorry, seat. Sorry, I just got that one. Oh, no, oh. Mike. Um, <laughs> there was a whole thing where Christ. I asked for a cocktail that was tea-based. I want to I wanna be clear that I, I did get that last session. It just felt like the appropriate joke to me. <laughs> Wait, you, you faked being dumb for a joke? Damn yes. it. What the fuck? Since right. when? This is the man you're marrying. This is last chance. All right. All right. We're gonna, I'm going to plow, for, plow forward now. You're in this bar. This guy's kind of sunken down into his seat. I think his hat has also like started to sink a little bit lower over his face. Yeah, it has. And he's just kind of looking like he does not want to be seen. But standing in the doorway to the bar are three people, all of whom seem to be in their 30s or 40s. One is a man with pale skin and dark brown hair. And another is a woman with dark brown skin, long tied back hair. um, And she is holding some kind of club or bat. But at the front of the group is a sort of ripped woman with pale skin and short spiky blonde hair um and as she moves into the bar she says i'm not going to ask again which one of you is ren Kriega?" and sitting at the table what do you all do as this happens i how far away is she from us probably like 40 feet and remind me when we left and when we were in front of ren were we sitting down or standing I assume you kind of moved into the booth, but okay. you tell me. I, I lean back into the chair and just take a really relaxed pose. Okay. So you're just sitting there. And he's yeah. kind of, I think, like opposite you, right? So he's yeah. at the, like facing away from the door and is kind of like sunk down. So that way no part of him is visible above the bench, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't, but, I'm not looking at the people that just came in. I am kind of just like lean back a little bit, relaxed expression on the face. And I'm really just looking at Ren. I see him trying okay. to disappear from sight and keep him just a little problem. I am looking right at him. Yeah. Okay. Is anyone else uh, doing anything? I think Mara's just going to lean forward to Ren and be like, I don't think she's going to ask again. He just kind of leans forward and whispers and just says, fuck, we need to get out of here. I think Leela is going to look at the group and say, we need a distraction and then we can get out of here and have a longer conversation with Mr. Krieger. Any volunteers? I'll uh, look over at Nasir. <laughs> of course. Um, I will step forward. Uh, and he doesn't say that. I don't say that with any like malice. I'm like, of course. Uh, and I'll step forward. Uh, excuse me. I was actually also looking for 
the gentleman whose name you just said. Uh, <laughs> and you, I am like, a, like bumbling, right? In a way that you like haven't seen Nasir do before. I, I was hoping that someone would be able to show me around town. Uh, are you available? Um, I, uh, I will yeah. like, I will engage them directly, like as far from the door as possible and orient myself so that there, if there is a back door, their backs are to it. What's Ren doing? I think when Nasir says that you see him kind of like look to his left over his shoulder, but then he puts his head down into his hand almost as if he's like, Oh fuck, this is not going well. Okay. But this year, just to, so I understand what you're doing. So you're standing up trying to, they're, like they're walking in from the door right now. So you're kind of in between them and, and Ren or what are you trying to do physically? I wanted to make sure. Is I understood there a that. back door? So I think, I think there's like a hallway that kind of is to the back near where you are. That seems to go like into the back of this bar. Got it. What like okay? So what I am trying to do then? I mean, I'm I don't know if there's a back door back there. When I stand up, I want to just do a quick like I want to stand up. I want to do this pretty quick and yeah. see if I can see a back door as I like move and start talking to them. And I'm like swiveling my head around the bar, but like okay. I want to see if I can clock a door while I'm talking to them. Okay, interesting. Okay, I think what I want you to do then is go ahead and roll scope it out, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then we'll resolve the conversation sort of as that happens seven all right mixed success so on a seven for scope it out you can ask one question from the list so my question is where is the best escape route way in way past so i i think you kind of look to your right as you're standing up and just to describe the layout of the bar a little bit more so there's a kind of like horseshoe or u-shaped bar in the middle of the room and to the left of the bar, there's some tables, but also that's where the the pool table and the dartboards are. And then you're at kind of, and, and this is kind of facing the bar as you walk in the door, you were kind of at one of the back right tables um, on this right side. And just behind you, like further back along that wall that's to the right of the bar, there's a narrow hallway. And I think you see that in this narrow hallway, there are two bathrooms. And then further back from that, there's a doorway that would lead into the kitchen at the back of this bar. And I think you would probably infer that there's a way out just for like safety reasons uh, of the bar through the kitchen, that there's another exit, but you'd have to go through the kitchen to get there. Got it. Then what I'm doing is I'm moving myself so that they are facing the front door again with their backs to the kitchen. Uh, So essentially they're turning their backs to the crew. Okay, I think that might be hard because of the fact that they're like in the door, like coming in through the door. So I think you'd have to like walk up to them to do this. Is that what you want to do? That's what I'm suggesting. It's like I'm standing, I'm walking up to them. And then I'm as I'm talking to them, I'm like circling them. Right. Like a like a very eager tourist. But I am slyly trying to read, like move their faces towards the door. Okay. Hmm. So I think also like my my conversation with them is essentially like, were you looking for a nature tour or or are you a competing tour guide? I I'm I'm visiting from Aventine and I was just wondering, you know, I, I wanted to see all there is to see. And I'm yeah, just yeah. being like very like a goof. Yeah. OK. I want to get the next line and then I think you're going to have to roll for this. Right. But mm. I, I think so. I think the person at the front of the group says, look. You're in out of your depth. You should get out of our way. 
and find someone else to give you your tour. Um, I, I, I didn't mean to be in anyone's way. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I, uh, I just, I, I thought, um, do you know where I could find someone to give me a tour? Is there, is there like a good place around here to, to find something of that nature? I'm, I'm not trying to, I just want to, you know, I'm just looking to see, um, is there anything you think I, sh- I should see or anyone I should talk to? And I just start rambling. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think that this is just to make it what you said before makes sense. This is kind of when you're cer- like going behind them to the door. So that way yeah. it's kind of like, oh, I guess I need to find someone else. But I do want you to roll and I'd probably say manipulate unless you have a playbook move that you think works for this. I. Well, my only question is, am I trying to convince them of some fact of my past, regardless of whether it's true? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you're I saying you're an you. Aventine tourist. Uh, uh, eh. Borderline uh, iffy. It's shaky. It's shaky at best. So that Ooh. is a eight. I have a plus oh. two to manipulate. Oh, okay. All right. Excellent. Oh. I saw a six come up, and I got really concerned. But mm-hmm. okay. why don't you just use the little buttons that add the modifier? I don't like them that way. Oh, All right. It stresses me out every time. Right, so if but this simulates what it would be like at a real table where you see the dice number and then you have to ask me my modifier. I just want to throw this out there. Mara is going to be waiting like kind of with her ear to the conversation and I think it's her intent to pull a sneaky and try yeah. to kind of, if we could cluster around Ren and try to uh sneak him out of there a secret a secret service maneuver right like a, a oh yeah. so grandfather let me help you out of the booth like you you're so frail <laughs> and your oldness is I, I am helping but if it takes a turn right because at this point yeah. i don't think mara knows how the conversation's going but if it tr- starts to get violent then i think the idea is make a break for it yeah, so I think you're going to get the opportunity to roll for that, but I okay. want to resolve Nasir's thing sure, first. Sure, of course. Just wanted so, to put my intent out yeah, there. Yeah, no, no, I like that. So on a, a 7 to 9 for Manipulate, the NPC can choose one, which is to make a counteroffer to be settled now before they'll do what you want, or they will ask you to promise something and provide concrete assurance that you'll follow through, and then they'll do what you want. And I think what you're trying to get them to do is to is turn to around. Like, le- turn around and leave with you, and yes. I, I think, I mean, I think they, they do turn around to face you, right? So I think that's going to give Mara the opportunity. But what I think they say is, well, actually, I take that back. And if you're looking for Mr. Krieger, there really is none better. So how about you come with us and we'll find him together? Mm. Nice knowing you. That is a splendid idea. Should I, do I need anything? Should I meet you somewhere? Is it going to, are you, is it, will there be any charge? Absolutely not. It's going to be really easy. And I think that while she says this, one of the other, there, there was the woman that had the bat that is actually going and starting to circle the bar though, from the left side. So kind of the furthest away from the three of you at the table. So at this point, Mara, if you're leading this secret service effort, oh, no. I think it's going to be act quick. And so I want you to go ahead and roll plus like. Does she get to roll with advantage since I distracted them? Hmm. Otherwise, I don't know why I would have distracted them. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fine. 
So I add one more D6 and then take the top two. Yeah. Okay. This can't possibly go wrong. I have a plus one, right? Oh, dear. Mixed success. That's an eight. Okay. It's an eight. That's an eight. All right. I don't hate. Eight. Don't hate. Got it. Yes. Yeah. That would have not been an eight if you didn't have advantage on that. I I know. I do know how those those numbers (laughs) work. Thank you for (laughs) rubbing it in. I'm very well acquainted with failing in this game. So for act quick, when you use your instincts or reflexes to avoid danger or negotiate through danger toward a goal, you roll plus slick. And on a seven to nine, you have to choose one from the list. And that's either you're off balance or rushed and you have disadvantage going forward. You've left something behind. I'll tell you what. Or you're pushed to your limits and you suffer a stress. I think it's going to be you left something behind. Ooh. I know what I want it to be, but. What's all right. What's your proposal for that then? I want it to be her visor. Oh, interesting. Her little nerdy visor. It's not a, like a hard negative, right? But I think Tamara emotionally it is. And that's like the, is that the, that's not the same as the scanner, right? No, 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 no. It's just like a, a piece of her outfit. Okay. That she took okay. off when she sat down. Okay. I, I like that. So yeah, so you get up from the table and I think you kind of secret service him into the kitchen. Oh, wait, wait, no, 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 no. So before before he even stands up, I want to extend my leg to the other side of the booth to sort of block him and just say okay. across the table, you'll stay close, won't you? Ooh. You do that. I think he looks at you and then like looks back over his shoulder and then looks back to you and just kind of silently nods. Wonderful. Can I just say, I think I want to help get Krieg into the kitchen, but... I think someone needs to stay behind and try to make sure Nas- does not totally abandon Nasir. Okay. Who's uh, staying stay. behind? I'll then? stay. Okay. <laughs> In the military outfit? I don't know if that's a great idea. I think it's a fantastic idea. So if you're staying, Arno, are you s- like staying seated in the booth or what are you doing? Yeah, I'm staying seated in the booth. I'm going to dump out all of everybody's drinks on the floor, like under the booth, except for one that I'm going to mostly dump over. And I'm going to kind of like hunch over in my chair as if I'm like really, really drunk and having a bad time. I'm drinking alone. I'm drinking a lot. Okay. And are you still wearing the Republic, the uniform? Yeah. And I've got, I've got it like unbuttoned at the top button. Okay. I actually like this. Okay. So what I think happens is the woman that was at the front of the group, the, the spiky hair, right? She, takes you Nasir and says here why don't you step outside with Jax and he's going to have a word with you and gestures for you to head to the door I'll go with him okay so I think Arno you kind of hear this and see Nasir coming out the front door but while this is happening the um the the woman with the bat is kind of making rounds around the bar so I think you have the opportunity to either kind of wait for her to get to the table or you could try to do something now I'm going to put my finger in the remaining of the drink, dap it up on my neck like a little bit of cologne at this point. Okay. And I'm going to like try to push myself up from the booth like really dramatically and like tip over the drink spilling at that point. Okay. I want to draw some attention to myself, kind of like let out a small bilch, which I'm not going <laughs> to narrate over here. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And your discretion's appreciated. Yeah. Just look at my drink. No, guess I need another one. Okay, and what are you? And what what are you trying to accomplish with this? 
I'm trying to one convince them that I'm just profoundly drunk, and two, yeah, uh, that I'm trying to make my way outside, preferably to the street, to throw up. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think what to roll here. I think it's act quick, but I'm open to arguments if you think it's something else. Um, no, I think I'm good with act quick on this one. All right, so go ahead and roll plus slick. Plus zero. We are raw dog in this roll. Wow. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Let me get that experience. We should have done some prep work yeah, before this. Yeah, that's a three. Wait, All right. I, th- I think I might level. Hold on one second. I just want to make- I level. Anyway, Congratulations. Thank you. Well, okay. I guess before I resolve what happens then, what advance are you taking? I'm going to take adrenaline rush. Okay. And what is that? As my fear in- increases dramatically here. Uh, when you flood your system with adrenaline in a tense or dangerous situation, discharge this move and roll plus stalwart. On 10 plus, hold two. On seven to nine, hold one. When you're still in danger, uh, you may spend uh, uh, you may spend hold uh, one for one for the follow uh, for one of the following. Ignore any negative effects or modifiers caused by harm you have marked. Uh, perform an incredible athletic feat uh, or add your volatile modifier to the harm that you deal for one attack. Oh, wow. Okay. Damn. Okay, that's pretty good. So yeah, so go ahead and mark that. What I think happens is you achieve a little too hard at what you wanted to do. (laughs) And specifically what happens is you stand up from the table and step out to make this show of things. But you had mentioned that you had poured the drinks on the floor earlier. And I think that you actually like in your kind of fake stumbling, you genuinely lose your footing and you slip down and hit the floor hard and the glass shatters from your hand. You're going to take one harm from hitting the floor. Okay. But the other thing is that you're on the ground now and have the attention of the woman who is kind of meandering around the bar with the bat. And meanwhile, Nasir, you are kind of taken outside by this man who has this pale skin kind of dark brown hair and he like leads you around to the side of the building toward an alley as we start going towards the alley i'm actually gonna usually when a man leads me towards an alley where we're interested in different things than a nature tour yeah (laughs) and i'm gonna stop walking when i say that okay so i think you say that and i'm gonna give you a chance to react to this but he goes and I, what he's intending to do is to like swing and punch you in the gut when you say that. Uh, oh, how do I respond to that? I think I Minerva Project combat training. I'm going to duck out of the way and just stick my foot to trip him like that's like just to send him sprawling. OK, you will attempt to do this. But so go ahead and roll firefight then. So you roll plus volatile. Isn't it act quick? Not if you're trying to hit him. <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to get out the way and trip him. That's I feel like that's different, but maybe it's not. All right. Uh let's see. That is very bad. Oh no. <laughs> All right. Are we that's sure a four. it's not act quick? I'm I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> so I don't feel like XP. act quick would have helped you. That still wouldn't have gotten you up to no, uh, success. Yeah. Okay. Well let me let me ask this. You're gonna get hit. And I think you're going to take two harm from this experience. Sure. But do you like, do you shout out or anything when you get hit? Scream, scream for me. I don't think so. I don't think I do. Okay. So I think, I think you get hit and you kind of 
are winded right from this blow but now this man has you kind of cornered up against the wall on the side of this building i'm also going to split that by the way one harm one stress okay sounds good arno you're on the floor and the woman with the bat has walked up to you but i don't think you're aware of like what's happened with the nasir yet outside but you did see him get kind of let out and i think the woman in the doorway has kind of like leaned her head out the door to see what's going on I'm fine. I'm fine. Fine. I'm just gonna try to reach for the nearest stool and just try to like prop myself up uh, right now. And okay, just just need to place my drink. Gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. I'm not gonna make you roll for this. I think that the fact that you fell <laughs> has kind of added to this, like the spectacle. But are you trying to move to the door, or are you just trying to like stay in the bar? I'm gonna try to like move towards the bar and i think at some point i'm just gonna like fake wretch and then try to like be make a beeline for the door okay so i i think you do that and as you get up to the door the blonde woman at the door extends her arm out to like block your path through the door what do you do i'm just kind of like look at her and do my best impression of like a dazed look like out of focus Mm -hmm. type situation and just where he longs to wait what sorry i couldn't understand what you said uh this is my poor attempt at new finny (laughs) finny slang uh i'm just gonna look at her where you longs to okay uh what does that mean typically where you belong to where you from type situation i love it like where okay, did you I don't come think from she yeah. would know that yeah right? like that's the yeah, point. yeah yeah no 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 uh, i know wants to know yeah. yeah yeah and are you just trying to stick with the like oh convincing her you're about to to throw up here yeah kind of okay <laughs> so okay i have a kind of radical idea which is is this intimidate it absolutely I, I is think not. I'm going to try to intimidate her and <laughs> think I'm going to throw up all over her. If that, if <laughs> that, if, if that can be inter- ex- This is 100% I mean, it's- stall word. It's keep your cool. Keep your cool. He's actively trying to be like a persuasive drunk in, I, I don't know. I have- okay, okay, wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. I'll, I'll dig that. I dig that. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, go ahead and roll. I, I like keep your cool. Go ahead and roll plus stall word. Okay. I just like the narrative concept of Trying to intimidate Christ, Lauren. Oh no, Mike, you rolled a four. Well, uh, all right, this is going poorly, gang. That's no, all right, Mike. Mark another XP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think what happens though is you do that, and then she looks at the uniform, and then looks at you, and you see like a sense of recognition. I'm just gonna mutter, "Excuse me," and I would like to discharge my newly acquired move, uh, Adrenaline Rush. Okay. Um, specifically uh, to try to perform the incredible athletic feat of getting the fuck out of there. Okay. And like pushing past her type situation. Okay. So I, I think you can do that, but I think because she now recognizes you as a member of the Minerva Project and as Arno Hines and is intent on blocking the door, mm. you're going to have to roll with disadvantage. Okay. Okay. All right. We take an eight. Awesome. Okay. Oh, fuck. So that's an eight. And you get to hold one. And do you yep. want to spend spend it on performing incredible athletic feat to get past her? That's exactly it. Okay. So what I think happens is you just put your shoulder down mm-hmm. and just plow through her and she lands on her back outside this bar. Can we add like a little more finesse to that? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I see the recognition or look. I, I take the second 
where she like kind of pauses the 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 gears are turning she recognizes me i can see that i take my leg my right leg behind her leg lean in a little bit so she trips loses her footing to everybody else it looks like i stumbled yeah and using that momentum i just don't i take another step and instead of like stumbling i just go out for a sprint to get out of there Okay, I like that. And I think yeah. you get outside and you see Nasir on the ground or kind of bent over having just been punched. Mm-hmm. I want to cut back to the kitchen, though, yes. right now. Yeah, yes. So I, I think you walk in with... Or, I mean, can you describe, uh, Lauren, like what does it look like as you're kind of leading Ren and Leela into the kitchen here? I mean, I, I don't think Mara knows exactly like where she's going right. Of course not. Okay. So I think that... I mean, what what is the first room that they walk into? Do they walk into the kitchen? Do they find like an exit door? What am I seeing? What are my options here? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I think the only options were the, the kitchen door, which was like not it's not even like a full door, if that makes sense. It's just like half, an open the- archway. And then there's like the two doors to bathrooms. So I think that's the only place down the hallway that you there's can go. one exit to this bar. This is not up to code. No, no, we have to go through the kitchen. Oh, OK. OK. All right. There we go. So, yeah, I think we'll head in there. And as we're walking, I think Mara is like, start explaining who those people are right now. So I I think he kind of leans over to you and just says, I was approached by some well-connected individuals here. They wanted to set up a tour for some off-worlders. There were some scheduling issues, and now they've been unreasonable about the timeline for a refund. I think she's going to look around for an exit. Yeah. And say that story one so yeah when you say that i think that you're kind of moving through the door to the kitchen and kind of standing behind a prep counter in the kitchen you see a man he's probably in his mid-30s very skinny guy tall with pale skin and kind of short spiky black hair and i think he's like holding a knife and was like chopping something but he looks up and is like hey you can't be in here excellent we were looking for the exit you have to go out the front. I think Leela's going to jump in and reach out to the man trying okay. to avoid the knife in his hand. Yeah. And trying to try to convince him to let us through. Yeah. Okay. What do you say? I, I, I mean, it sounds like you want to roll a uh, suggestion, but what do you say do. when you do this? I'll just kind of reach out to, to him. And I assume he's like the only one in the kitchen. Yeah. I think he's the okay. only one in there. Yeah. So I, I'm just going to say it's a bit of a dangerous situation we'd really appreciate it you let us through all right yeah so when you uh use suggestion you're using your power to subtly influence the mind of some weak willed living thing um you can discharge that move and roll plus alien so go ahead and do that leela okay all right 14 holy fat fuck that's a big number i just want to be clear i I would like to roll more and fail more. I would like a more <laughs> equitable distribution of like it is. This is not the economy that I was promised by Barack yeah. Hussein Obama. And yeah. I hate it. Mike's Mike's leveled up twice and I have three XP. I'm yeah, about yeah. to level up. I have, and you've I only failed one. one roll, I think, this whole campaign. Is that right, Haley? Yeah, it's not been a lot. It's been very few. I get most of my XP from the end of the the arc. So I think what happens is when you kind of touch his hand and say this, his eyes kind of change to have a sense of fear or concern. And 
he's like, is something going on out there? And kind of goes to crouch down behind the the counter where he was chopping up or whatever it was on the cutting board and is kind of like leaning down defensively. I think I just want him to, I just want him to not tell anyone we came this way. I think while she's doing that, I think Mara is looking around for like the the back door or what yeah, a yeah. back door would look like. Yeah. I, and I think you see like a clearly marked rear exit that's that's toward the back of the kitchen. Mara has a sigh of relief that even on uh, this planet so far away from whatever space OSHA is. Yeah. yeah. Good guidance and regulations are being adhered to. No, absolutely. So, OK. It, well, Haley, what do you say to kind of imply this command? We were never here. I think that he just gets even more concerned looking when you say that. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's just like fully crouched down underneath the counter at this point. So do you all head out the back door? Yeah. Okay. So I, I think you you got this back door and you're kind of in a like an alleyway behind this this bar. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at the front. So Arno, you seem to see her kind of hunched over, and uh, the woman with the short, spiky blonde hair is kind of on the ground, splayed out from you having tripped her and run through her. And this other dude is kind of menacing over this year. I'm gonna dash towards the other dude. Okay. Um, let me just ask: Does it look like he's still actively trying to beat up Nasir? Oh yeah. Uh, then I'm just as I'm running over there, I'm just gonna shout, "Breeze!" Okay, so I think you say that, and I'll just say that he kind of looks toward you for a second. I'm going to come back to you, but Nasir, do you do anything in this moment? Uh, I mean, I think I'll take off running. Okay, all right, so I think go ahead and roll act quick then. That's fair. Oh, no. Okay. So you go to flee, and I, I think it's like it happens so fast you don't even feel it. But you are just splayed down on the ground because you got hit across the back with some kind of baton. And you're going to take three harm. Jesus, what? Yeah. I'm taking it as one harm and two stress. Okay. All right, Arno, what do you do? Uh, I'm going to take the opportunity to just sucker punch him. If he's like beating the shit out of Nasir with a baton, then like I'm going to go. Shoot him again. Shoot him. Let's shoot someone on this planet, too. Fuck it. Nasir didn't like that last time, so I'm going to not do that. I'm trying <laughs> to be better. I'm trying to do better gross. be better. This is gross. Yeah. I want you yeah. to know Nasir appreciates that. Mo hopes he wishes you would shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go ahead and roll firefight. And I think, in fact, you can do it with advantage because yeah. he's, like, facing Nasir at this point. Fuck yeah. And you are sucker punching him. Oh, absolutely. That's a 12... Give me that 14 with the buff. I love violence. (laughs) You would have actually had a, yeah, even without the advantage, you would have gotten that. So, all right. Yeah. Is a sucker punch a specific type of punch or is that just when you punch a sucker? Uh, Might be both. No, it's when you give someone a lollipop and then you punch them. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. It's sour apple flavored for the record, Haley. So on a 10 plus, you're going to exchange harm and then you get to choose uh, three options from the list. Oh, my God. Give me a second. So you don't have a weapon, so you can't use the discharge, but yeah. uh, anything else goes on this. Yeah. Give me a second. Um, discharge my fist. I'm going to take you impress, dismay or frighten your enemy. Um, I'm going to take the ability to disengage. Okay. 
and I'm going to take evasive action and suffer minus one harm. Okay. So I guess let me just ask, when it says you you make an advance, is that me physically like getting closer over here? Because I see you make an advance or force your enemy out of cover. I think um, I think we can interpret that broadly because I was going to say I think the thing for disengage is that's like a really specific thing about using the recover move. Mm-hmm. But if you were like I want to make an advance and like get away from the situation, we've interpreted that as as kind of that that could include that. I think in this case can so at your discretion. What I'd like to what I'd really like to do is yeah, like, yeah. get out of the situation and like have him between me and the spiky haired woman behind us such that if she wanted to retaliate or do something like he's kind of in the way that's that's my ideal situation i don't know if we can get there yeah i i no i think you can do that okay and i I think you kind of like get it's like right now he's in between you and nasir and i think you could like i mean i'm just gonna say you're gonna hit him pretty hard so what what i think happens is like you run up and you just sucker punch him in the in the side of the head, right? Mm-hmm. And I I think he like comes around and tries to elbow you. I think you're going to take like one harm from that encounter, and maybe sure. it's actually just that you hit him so hard that your hand gets hurt. Okay, yeah, sure. Because I think I think he can't even like get around to hit you, just given the fact that he was striking this year. But you like lay him out, and he is on the ground now also, and you get between him and this year, and, and you're kind of next to this year right now. Do I have the ability to try to help Nasir up? I think so. Okay. Um, let me ask. There's a street. There's an alley. There's the direction back at the bar. I don't want to run that way. Do I see an exit from the alley on the back or is it a dead end? Yeah, I, I think I think there is an exit down the alley. I think you see it broaden yeah. to a bigger, like what looks like a bigger road. I'm going to try to fireman carry uh, Nasir out of the alley and get out of there. <laughs> Okay. Princess Carrie. I feel like this might be your signature move, though. Oh, oh, all right. Hell yeah. I'm just starting so many moves right now. Uh, yeah, I will go Juggernaut. Okay. All right, so go ahead and roll plus stalwart. Now it's not the time for experience. Now is not the time for experience. All right, Excellent. baby. That's a 10. <laughs> all right. So when you move... Uh, forward unflinching toward a goal through immediate danger or hazard that others cower from um you roll plus stalwart and on 10 plus you're unstoppable and you can choose two options from the list and that's um if you take harm you take one less harm mm-hmm. uh, you can clear or uncover a way through for an ally or you unquestionably reach your goal um i'll take you unquestionably reach your goal and i will since i'm carrying this year i don't know that i'm clearing away for him since I am the way right now. Um, I am the way. Arno Hines. Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I like. I don't think that you're at an immediate risk of taking harm. So I, I think that we kind of interpret that as you can get Nasir with you, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So I, I think you kind of pick up Nasir, who is just kind of like, I mean, so Nasir, what level of harm are you at right now? Two. Okay. And that's like, I'm rattled. So you're kind of like shaken and shocked is, is the narrative description of that. So I, I think you're kind of like getting pulled up by Arno and just he kind of like fireman carries you down this uh, th- this alley and it opens up into the wider alley. And that's when you see uh, Leela and Mara kind of behind the building also. Hi, let's get out of here. Agreed. Uh, we are not from here. Does uh, our now escort. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think he just says, come on and leads you um like kind of further down the street and i think we see like a the shot ends with a winded the the people from the bar kind of rounding the corner and you being gone so i think you're kind of moving quickly through 
these side streets uh, in Jarvis Prospect, which is this sort of larger settlement on Feronia. And after maybe a couple blocks, I think Ren's kind of pace slows. And uh, he turns back to you and says, we should be far enough away now. Perfect time for you to explain who those people really were. And I'm trying to question him and also ready and willing to roll. (laughs) Uh, I think I'll respond to that question. But he just says, as I said, I made arrangements with this than savory individuals, perhaps. And they seem to have been disappointed with the timeline of the services I provided. Let's say that's true. Why exactly were you investigating the creature sightings that have been taking place? He kind of pauses for a second, but then says, call it a personal hobby. It's been taking up more of my time recently. And um, and he kind of holds up his injured arm and says, hence the uh, disappointed customers. And you are a attempting to convince us that these individuals and your injured arm and the hunters and the terrifying animal sightings, these are all just independent coincidences. This is your assertion. Certainly it's no coincidence. After all, it was your monster that did this and kind of gestures the arm. As for the Hunting activities, I have no idea what you're talking about. Listen, Mr. Creek, I have no compunction with taking you back to those people at the bar and handing you over myself. I need you to tell me what's really going on. Okay, so so I think it sounds like you're trying to intimidate him then. I am. Okay, yeah, so go and roll plus volatile. And I would like to invoke my background whenever I try to pierce lies, confusion, or a mystery and see the wisdom beyond I have advantage. Oh, okay. I think that, and that is what's happening here. So yeah, so I think you get advantage. So go ahead and give that a shot. Okay. That's a seven. All right. That's a Haley so, fail and where there's the most yeah, yeah, this is close to failing. This is close to failing as Haley gets in this game. All right. Mixed success. So... So when you're intimidating, um, use threats to bully someone doing what you want, and you make it clear what you want them to do, and what you'll do to them if they don't, and then you roll plus volatile. Um, so on a 7 to 9, they have a couple options, which is force you to follow through and suck it up, cave in and do what you want, get out of your way, hunker down and take cover, give you something they think you want, tell you something they think you want to hear, or attempt to de-escalate and look for an exit. Okay, and you're asking what's really going on here. And there's a glint in my eye that tells him if he lies to me, I'll know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he says, as for your questions about my work, I use my skills to show off-worlders like you things they want to see here. And what some of them have chosen to do with that, that's not given me the best reputation with some of the authorities here, and has forced my hand to find work with less respectable clientele. Regarding your question about the creature, though, everything that I said about that is true. Where were you when the creature attacked you? Assuming I believe the story. He kind of, like, thinks for a second, but then he says, 
after a report I got from a man named Sasha, I tracked this monster a few dozen miles to the southwest. The trees were just starting to get dense when I suppose it got the drop on me. Literally? Not literally. We need all the information we can get. I didn't see much of it. It moved quite quickly, but it's clear this wasn't something to mess with casually. And so, based on this, I'm just curious, how Mm. close is the area he's describing to the violent on-the-road attack that we were briefed about? Yeah, so I, I think what he's describing is probably like, 10 to 20 miles from where the attack on the road occurred and maybe like double that distance as the bird flies from the city. Mm-hmm. Could you try? Oh, so actually, I'm sorry. I realize I've been holding this here this entire time. Uh, I'm yeah. going to assume that I have, uh, like dusted him off and like put him down and set him up right. Just everybody else yeah. is completely ignored and see, Hey bud, you all right? There? Great. Okay. You can just fuck right off now. Anyway, uh, for what it's worth, I, I wasn't even hurt bad. I, I just was sort of <laughs> yeah, knocked yeah. to the ground. I know, I know, it's I know. It's very interesting that you chose to carry me. <laughs> I wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible. Anyway. Yeah, you were you were on the ground. I think you just got knocked down. So, yeah, so see, his, his scoop and score with you kind of made sense, but I don't Thank know if you, you had to keep carrying you. I want to be honest. That is exactly what I thought of as I was describing the movie, like, oh, scoop and score, and I didn't know how to work that. Anyway, uh, so you're standing up now, finally. Uh, why am I still holding you? Anyway. <laughs> the um, ship is back baby the ship is back um could you track it again he says i'm the only one here who can will you we'll consider it a debt paid a debt paid and one more thing just the truth which is proof that we stopped this thing and you say that i helped you track it on its face not unreasonable But we need to be assured that you won't be backstabbing us anytime soon. And I just give him a little bit of a glare. Yeah. I don't trust him. (laughs) He says, I'm not exactly the backstabbing type. And I mean, those three are still out looking for me. So. Well, then we have a little bit of insurance. It's Haley. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the show. Okay, now listen in. The rest of the team is expecting me to tell you to share the podcast with, I don't know, I guess people who would like it or something. And yeah, tell your friends and family. Talk us up at work. Hell, tag us at Worlds Away Pod on social media. But here's what I really want. I want you to share us with someone you think would hate this. You know that person in your life. They get way too into the things that they dislike. They have a critique for everything. That's who I want. Compliments, they're fine. But what I really feed on is the spirit of the haters. Bring them to me. Oh, shoot. Hold on. They're coming back. Hold on. And you can find us online at worldswaypod.com. Thanks again for listening. Now, back to the show. Remember what I said. Hate hate hers.
So I think that's the scene. And now I'm going to pull up a map. A map. Oh, drum roll. Okay. I'd like to be clear that... So some of the other maps, we've had an array of things that you've seen. And this is my first hand-drawn map that I'm going to be showing you. So I need you to <laughs> restrain yourselves from Wait, the experience John, did you of that. Use like Absolutely a, not. Did you use like a compass and have like one of those little pencils? I, and the, I did not. Protractor? No. No, no, no I, the I protractor did, is just ruler. the... This no, is an a approximately. Compass. It's a compass. She said the word. I, I'm not correcting Lauren. I am asking additional oh, questions. Okay. <laughs> I, I will say that was from uh, my own shame because I was only 35% sure it was called a compass. So this is an approximately two minute map. No, it was five minutes. I'm not There's nothing wrong with that. That has a perfectly. Re- that's a great map. Yeah, oh, I think you. it's. I, I got to see it on paper and I thought it was very nice. Yeah, it looks good. So just to describe what we're seeing, there's kind of a like a cliff that goes down from a plateau and that that's in this valley is kind of where everything in this setting is occurring. So so right kind of below this waterfall that I described that made this kind of like mist in the air, that is where Jarvis Prospect, the settlement is. So I think there's a couple mines that you can see on the map, including one that's to the northwest that is along this long road that crosses the river um, and along which is the kind of site of the attack or the ambushed convoy that was kind of the precipitating event for this. Along that road is also the pumping station, which Sasha Kumar, the plumber that you met with, who had described seeing this creature kind of menace him on the wall. Uh, that, that's where he saw that. And then sort of further to the southwest, you can see some poorly drawn trees. and And that is the kind of more heavily wooded area where uh, Ren was describing having encountered the creature himself. And so I want to kind of first ask, where's our first destination on this adventure? And then second is ask how you're going to get there. I really want to get go to the mine at some point. And I know Which that we've mine? been a bit distracted. Um, the Eastern mine, I think, just because it'll be easier for us to get there and back and possibly still investigate. But I also know that Ren has no reason to know why we won't be at the mine. So, yeah. And you're saying to to look into the Lustra situation? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we can go to the Northeast mine or at least go on that road. The Northwest mine. Oh, sorry. Northwest mine. Northwest mine. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm dumb, but what is the pumping? What is one pumping at the pumping station? A water from the, from the river. Okay, sweet. Got it. Okay. Okay. So hear me out. We're listening. Our means of transport, the not yet used, but highly anticipated grizzly right off the ship. Okay. And the grizzly is the is the name of this passenger vehicle that you have. Is that is that correct, Mike? That's correct. I'm sorry. I didn't give that enough up. We want to bring out the Grizz. I don't know. That, did that work? Did that, I don't that know. Fun? I think you kind of cut out for me, so it's hard to say, but we'll have to see when we uh, check the tape on this. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come see the Grizz. That's what I got. Okay. Beautiful. So, I mean, I think we should go on the road to the Northwest Mine. That'll get us the ambushed convoy location and the mm. pumping station. And then mm. if after the pumping station... We can determine if we want to go all the way to the Northwest Mine or turn back around and go to the Eastern Mine. But I think we should at least start on that road so we can hit those spots and and have the benefit of Ren being with us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that makes kind of the most sense for at least right now with what we have on hand. 
Okay. Mike, since you seem the most pumped about this, I want to kind of turn it over to you and ask you to describe what the Grizzly looks like. Oh, no. So this did get some description back when we were doing the the shipbuilding during character creation. And I think for the color, the one note I had was it was this like oil slick, like a, the sort of like black with the kind of um, what, what, what do you call that? Is it um, iridescence? Iridescence. Mm-hmm. There we go. Thank you. Help, <laughs> helping me out with my uh, word picture. Windows tinted, climate controlled, uh, the best, nicest synthetic leather that a government budget can sustain. I don't know how many shutdowns there have been between now and this point (laughs) in the Republic, but like they did the best they could. Uh, Is it comfy? Yeah. Does it seat five? Absolutely. And because it can be driven by AI, the front seats, which are like captain style seats over here, can swivel such that your back is facing the road while the car is like driving it while the Grizz is driving itself. Uh, And there's like a table that can like pop out from the floor, small one, thin, narrow one. Normally you'd play cards on it or something, but like think of it like conference style so that the people in the back can face the people in the front when you like swivel your chair to turn back towards them. So just to be clear, we did kind of have a description of some of this. It's in the ship sheet. So Mm -hmm. we act ship sheet. So we said that there are two rows of three that are facing each other. Oh, sweet. Um, And then there's like, I think two up front and then there's two jump seats. I I still think. Keeping that description in mind, the two front seats swiveling, uh, which right. is a real design in a in a currently uh, being beta tested by like some smart cars right now with self driving, would be yeah. really really cool. I think the middle, the like the the normally back facing seats could probably also swivel, and you could have like a circle of seats kind of situation. Like I, it's the future. Why yeah, not? the Grizzly also has a leaf, like a table. You could just put more car on. That one was a little too ridiculous. No, I'm sorry. That, no. that Wait, was... what did you say? Put what I on said it? it's like a leaf, right? Like you can add more car on, like a leaf in for the middle, a table. Like you just, you oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, just like, okay, I got gotcha. you. You need more car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you slide um, it. You slide it. Is the you pull it apart in the middle and then yes, stick another segment in there. Understanding, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, excellent. Um, <laughs> there are no handles. For the car they've just completely smoothed it out at this point it's just activated by slate so the doors open uh when you okay. come in super cool super sleek we like that there would probably be like a monitor in the middle console over here just showing diagnostics for like both the the grizz itself and i suppose the terrain so you could get like read it it's like i don't know how far ahead it can like scan but i imagine it might tell you like oh upcoming Weather, like water yeah. depth like estimated whatever uh, or, oh, there's a cliff, so we need to, like, reroute or something. Just something for status updates and some communication. Okay. And uh, our, our slates can, like, interface with that console. So if we wanted to, like, call into it, like, we could very easily. Um, yeah. Okay, excellent. I, I love this. And <laughs> so what I think we see, like, I, don't, I kind of, like, want to just cut to, like, the next shot from the conversation yeah. with Ren. And I think it's, like, we see the kind of aerial photography of the dust being kicked up on the road as the grizzly kind of heads down um, south from the settlement and sort of heading toward this site on the road of the ambushed convoy. And I think like in the shot or maybe like out the windows on the left side, we see, I think we had mentioned these like domed air jellyfish with these tentacles that are kind of floating from tree to tree. And I think we see a trio of them sort of out the left side of the vehicle. So I want to turn it over to you all now and ask, where is everyone kind of sitting in the car and what is everyone doing during this uh, this road trip? I think Arno's driving or at the very least in the front in the front row. 
um, even if not driving, unless anyone feels very strongly that they want to be the person like navigating here. I would think that Mara is definitely playing around with the interface since this is okay. might have been the first time since training um, for the Minerva project that she's in the Grizz by herself and is kind of, you know, l- looking at her slate, poking around on, I'm sure, the like projected buttons or whatever. Um, again, like looking at the terrain, setting the course, um, looking at weather conditions or any other variables and seeing what kind of a sensor diagnostics or anything that the the Grizz can do by itself. So I think Leela is going to be sitting in the middle area where there's the two rows of three facing each other. She's going to want to keep an eye on Krieger as this whole ride happens and make sure he's not up to something, fiddling with anything, or just interfering in any way. So she's going to maybe be sitting facing forward and then have him across from her in one of those seats. Um, So she has him in front of her the whole time. And then um, she'll have a sketch pad out and kind of be just sketching the scenery that she sees going by a bit absentmindedly, not super focused because she's keeping an eye on Krieg out of the corner of her eye. Yeah. So I think if you're doing that, I mean, he's sitting across from you and I think he has it's like it's not military in any way, but he has a like a sighted rifle, right? Like a rifle with a scope on the top of it. And he is like kind of absentmindedly staring out the window, but also like fiddling with this or kind of maintaining it during this car ride. So I think I probably got in the car first, like I got Mm. in the. Uh, the Grizz first and just went all the way to like the back driver's side seat, like as far back into the vehicle as I could have gotten. Okay. And then throughout this, I am just staring out into the sort of landscape in the wilderness. And John remind me if you've already described this, but it's like a sort of, like, is it a flat landscape? Is it a hilly landscape? Is it like a Canyon lands type deal? Like what are we yeah. looking at? So I think it's most, it, I think it's definitely, there's, there's some hilliness to it, mm-hmm. but I think it's kind of mostly open grassland. I think we described things as all mm-hmm. having this kind of blue tint to everything there. And there's also in the area where you're driving right now, very intermittent single or small groups of these trees that have these kind of like flat leaf layers that are a very solid blue, like a, a little darker than Leela's hair, I think is how I described it. Yeah. So I think... This is the first time we've really like been out out in the wilderness while mm. we've been on the project. And so I am staring like very pointedly out the window yeah. uh, and probably like reminiscing on the frontier of Aventine okay. and what that was like uh, and how it's different from this. Okay. I definitely want to come back to that. But what's so like as we're in the car, like what is everybody else doing? Or is there any kind of conversation going on? I know that Mario, you said you were kind of messing with the systems, yeah. but. So could you actually describe the rifle a little bit more? Yeah. So I, I think it for this time, it looks very old fashioned. And I think it has like a wood stock. So like kind of the whole yeah. like bottom of it is wood, save for the sort of like gunmetal uh, of the barrel and this, I guess, like medium sized scope that's on the top of it, mm-hmm. like a kind of rifle sight. So I think that Mara has... Just, like distinctly taken notice of this and mm-hmm. um is quite like grave and quiet and very much is distracting herself 
with interacting with the Grizz's kind of um, modules. Yeah. I think Arno's just keeping uh, a lookout on the landscape for uh, any signs of the thing we're tracking or just mm-hmm. any obvious signs of disruptions or something that might be fresh or new. Um, and I think more importantly, any signs of any other vehicles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and Mike, I think if you're looking out to the road to kind of see what else is out there. So, I mean, I, I don't think that you're, you're seeing any signs of like the creature, right? But, but the one thing that I think strikes you is the road seems like totally vacant. And I, I think that you would suspect that there would be more activity if things were kind of proceeding as usual. And so I think taking the briefing that you got, you can kind of infer that the fears of this monster, quote unquote, have really kind of like shaken the the sort of activities on Feronia, or at least okay. uh, around this settlement. So one thing that I do want to kind of establish is that since we went back to the ship and went uh, got on the Grizz, what oh, yeah. armory that we have. So while my playbook has a sniper rifle and a shotgun, I don't believe you'll see Mara wielding those. I think mm. she has picked up her pistol, but yeah. that that is all she is carrying right now. Yeah. And and I'll just say, you know, I think if people want to, like, add that in for flavor, you know, mm-hmm. definitely go for that. Um, because you went back to the ship, I'll say for impulse drive reasons, right, with the exception of nasir's shield uh which i want to kind of enforce that you had left that behind mm-hmm. in the previous episode your you have like restocked your equipment and you can say what you have on you when you need it or again like like what lauren did if you want to add that in now and kind of add that for flavor i think go ahead and feel free to do that um i want to hold off but i do think just sort of like the tone of what arno's brought back over here yeah is more tactical and less offensive i know that there are others that are like Hunting this thing, I think mm. at his core, Arno is not interested in taking part in a hunt, as it were, so much as it is that he's trying to like go through the rest of the mission, get to the mine, and then like, if at all possible, really just keep the other hunters away. Uh, if, the, if this can be resolved, like that's the sort of gear that he's bringing, and like that's what I'm sort of thinking towards. I don't know if that's helpful. Um, for you at all, John, but like as I'm thinking yeah. about like, what Arnold is going to pull out his bag of tricks, it's very much going to be like shield and anything with like a stun setting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, is there any conversation going on in the car? Kind of like what are you all doing to pass the time? Um, I think I want to just talk more to Ren about um the creature and sort of his injury and what happened. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's a pretty uh nasty injury you got there. Do you want to tell us how it happened? He kind of like moves his arm to the side a little bit, like away from you and says, it's not so bad just to scratch, really. Did it get the jump on you? You can say that. I thought the reverse was true until it lashed out. Did it hear you or did it see you first? Are those really the only two senses that you assume it could have used? Do you want to keep playing 20 questions or do you want to tell me what happened? Look, I was tracking it down. I was lining up a shot. It pounced. It scratched my arm. How big was it? Hard to say exactly, but probably more than a dozen feet long, if you include the tail at least. And you said it scratched you. Does it have any other natural protection? Scales? Tough hide? 
again, it was hard for me to see, but if the rumors I've assembled are assumed to be true, it seems like this thing can take a shot or two without even flinching. So let me get this straight. You're talented enough to, to hunt this thing down, to get it in your sights, but then somehow unable to see much of it and then get attacked by it. Is that correct? It's hard to get a good look when it was right on top of me. I would think it's very easy to get a look when it's right on top of you. It's harder than you might think. And I think she's going to look at his gun Hmm. and ask, was that made on Earth or here in the Verge? On Earth. I thought so. And she's going to return to her her, her numbers. So what's Leela doing while this is happening? So I think maybe once the conversation sort of peters off, I think Lila wants to break the tension a little bit or just kind of break the silence. And I think she's going to pull out her slate and just ask the car, is it cool if I put on some music? And without really sort of waiting for an answer, she's just going to you know, do some swipeies on her slate and and make it happen. Mm. So I think she's going to play, I don't know what the exact term for this, but sort of like coffee house kind of, you know, (laughs) yeah, you know, a woman with a guitar, with an acoustic guitar Mm. sing. Yeah. Um, So I think she's going to put on pop kind of, or is that the right pop? I think that's right. And the song is going to be called Gardens of the Sky and it's going to be I didn't I didn't think of an artist's name. Um <laughs> dang it. I'm already impressed that we got genre, so the fact that we have a song title is already okay, well, uh, kind of uh, I never doubted her. Shocking for me. <laughs> um I will uh if I don't know. Um, I think it's just one of those artist names is just like a person's name. So it's just sort of, we don't really yeah. have to, it's just someone's first and is last name. Is it just like a single name or is it like a, a full no, name? No, I think it's just like the first, their first and last name. Um, Sailor Moon. It means yeah. something different in the future. Yeah. <laughs> it's Perfect. not a reference. Uh, <laughs> so it's just some person's name and <laughs> the song title is Gardens of the Sky and it's this kind of folk pop uh, vibe. And I think it's, yeah, I think Leela has a collective eclectic taste i don't think that's the only kind of music she listens to but she figured let's throw that on and then once it starts playing she says i don't want to monopolize the playlist though feel free to play whatever you all like so does anyone else want to add to the queue are you like passing a slate around or how, how is this happening okay, in the future which by the way when we were in the car yesterday and we were playing uh, put a p- playlist on. It said other people on this Wi-Fi connection can add to the playlist. So I don't even think this is that futuristic. The future is now. Yeah, is Spotify future. You can do that right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure there's nothing to pass around where you could just do some swipeies on your slate and add to the queue. No, okay. the aux cord has remained. We actually regressed. <laughs> the aux cord came back. Cord. I think I just. Uh, really quickly type something like look up from the window click some things on my slate and you just see like a notification on Leela's slate that says a thousand light years away by asteroid belt buckle added to the queue oh my god 
what what is the genre of that? I need yeah. you to be explicit. No, I don't. I don't. I, I think you know. I don't actually. <laughs> I I actually think it's a genre that just we don't have, and it's a genre that's essentially like nature sounds remixed into a techno beat, but it's not digital sounds. It's like just mm-hmm. repetitions of recorded sounds that you would experience in the wild. But it's EDM. Okay, so no no lyrics. Uh, no, it's just it's just a vibe. Okay. If there's a lyric, it's sung by an animal, just howling. Oh in the wild. <laughs> you're you're a monster. No, no, coming directly at all of my music in, in one hit, right? <laughs> Fun fact: all of the songs for the show were actually by Asteroid Belt Buckle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just putting my DJ name on the mic. Fuck no. Um, I think Mara is like kind of welcomes this little reprieve. And she pulls up her playlist and is really trying to ponder which song from banjos colon a diaspora that she wants to add to this. <laughs> and I think she adds like two from like Africa and one from like the American South. And she's like looking around, like trying not to smile. But she's like, oh, these people are in for it. What a treat. <laughs> Arno's taste in music is uh, much older and regional, you might say. And so you might see a couple songs. He just rediscovered these, like some of his family, like listened to old music that's still held on like physical devices that couldn't stream or share through the cloud. On Zoom. Uh, and so he's about to introduce some folks to some Celine Dion and Nickelback. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck. no. No. Canadian classics 200 years in the future. Okay. Okay. I love this. So I do want to go back to you, Nasir, though. You're still kind of staring out the window as this is happening? Yeah. Okay. And I think what I want to do is flash back to a scene that you and I have talked about, which is Nasir's first field assignment on Aventine. So this is kind of when you're first getting to know Mateo. And so as you're kind of looking out the window... I think we pick up on Aventine and we're in a inside a space in a building that's kind of halfway between a break room and a meeting area. And this is a meeting of various people who are working at Water Management District number seven, several hundred miles uh, away from the Aventine capital. And so to start this off, I can kind of see two ways of this going which is either Nasir got there early because he's so eager. Or he got there late because someone didn't tell him about the meeting or maybe like the time got moved up without him knowing. So uh, which one do you think it is? Oh, he is so eager. Okay. I think we see like sitting at the table with both his slate and like a brand new physical black notebook, which he is like barely understands how to use and he's still like trying to like practice writing uh, he gets like the hand smears and he's like wait what is this a hundred like still like <laughs> trying to like get his handwriting down i think you also see that like he's got uh his hair's a little longer than the last time we saw him in a flashback and uh, above his right ear there is like a new ear cuff but you can tell it's new because the ear's a little red okay uh, and this is like a very recent development interesting So I think there's maybe like five or six people in the room with you, including the three people who we saw in the first flashback that we did to Aventine. So this is Mateo and kind of two of his coworkers. And I I think that the 
maybe some people are just kind of sitting there looking at their slate, like playing future Angry Birds or doing whatever they're doing on there. And I think there's are some people having conversation that are kind of, I don't think pointedly, but not including Eunice here. But after a minute, we see a woman walk through the door. Um, and this is Kwan Minha, who is the district administrator. She's in her early 50s, has light tan skin, long dark hair that's just like a shade lighter than black, and a sort of round face with soft features, but a very neutral expression. But she walks in and kind of shuts the door behind her and takes a seat at the head of the table and pulls out of her satchel a large slate and puts it on the the table in front of her. Let's get started, everyone. But before we go any further, uh, we have a a new guest here today. Would you like to introduce yourself to everyone, Mr. Badak? Uh, hello, everyone. Um, uh, I'm Nasir Badak. I am very excited to be here, uh, and it is lovely to meet all of you. I think you kind of get, in response to this, it's like crickets mostly, but I think you get some kind of like looks and maybe some soft smiles just at seeing your whole setup that you have in front of you and the the kind of arrangement of accessories you brought to the meeting. Nerd. Um, yeah. 100%. It's cute. It's cute. I, for what it's worth, I smile the whole time. Like there's, yeah. my smile never falters. Okay. So I think at this point, I, I want to kind of like montage through this next part, but we see Minha kind of run through a briefing asking various people to report on like tasks and projects that they're handling. But as things are winding down, she says, well, I know this is everyone's favorite part, but it looks like we have a block in one of the feed lines out in grid 39. Uh, Alfie, are you up for this one? And then Alfie King is the kind of bald built guy that we saw in the previous flashback. He says, I just went there three days ago. Someone else has to be up. And then Minha responds, well, someone has to take it. And there's kind of like an awkward silence as everyone in the room, except for you, Nasir, kind of trades glances with each other. I raise my hand, not to volunteer, but to ask a question. Okay. <laughs> I think everyone kind of like looks at you. And then Minha says, you, you don't have to raise your hand, Nasir. The... Office douchebags are absolutely slacking about you. They're just like, look at this fucking Earther tryhard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, sorry yeah, I, not I think, to interject in your flashback, but I could play the douchebag in the the this the no, right hand no. side, right? <laughs> this is no, th- this is perfect. <laughs> I when she says that, I'll put my hand down and I'll sort of rub the top of my head and smile bashfully. <laughs> uh, is anyone uh, capable of looking into the blockage? I think Minha like kind of takes a second and then she says, anyone who knows what they're doing. At that, the smi- the shitty and grin pops onto my face. I'd be happy to volunteer. So when you say that, I think we see the woman with light brown skin and short hair who we also saw in the first flashback on Aventine, who you learned that her name is Ravina Cassell. But she looks up and says, look, He's obviously still getting used to Aventine. And, well, if he loses his lunch again inside one of the pipes, I mean, it might take days to clean that out, right? And I think you get kind of some snickers from the other people in the room. I chuckle along with everybody. Oh, okay. Interesting. Fully incomplete. Like, I, it's not just water off my back. I'm laughing like I'm part of the group. Yeah. Okay. 
so I think Minha kind of looks at her and maybe gives her a bit of a disappointed or frustrated look, but then looks to you and says, I'll leave it to you, Mr. Badoc. You really think you're up for this? I'll give it my best, ma'am. Fine. Mateo, you go to make sure he doesn't fuck it up. <laughs> and I think the last shot in the room that we get is Mateo kind of looking over at you, just like slightly shaking his head and grinning, almost just shy of a laugh. But at this point, I want to cut away to the next scene, which is Mateo waiting at the job site for you to arrive this year. And so, Mo, I want to turn it over to you to maybe describe the Aventine landscape a little bit and sort of paint this picture of what we're seeing kind of away from any kind of settlement or civilization as you're working on this uh, kind of water fixture. So I think the landscape has sort of like two distinct aspects to it, right? Like there is the place where we are sort of developed farmland where you have these sort of like green valleys but a lot of the landscape is what I understand to be like bad land or like canyons and mesas. Mm-hmm. Um, so think like the American West, you know, reddish rock uh, sort of areas that are sort of uneven or craggy or hilly and like interspersed throughout is plant life that is sort of maybe if you're not paying close attention, you might not notice immediately that it's vi- different from ours. Um, but like the colors are all wrong, right? Like, mm. and I think that like even like the wood on Aventine has got like a bluish purple color to it as opposed to like this sort of dark browns that we're familiar with. Yeah. And so is this in, in those kind of badlands area or in the, the more like developed green space or is it kind of in the in-between? I, I think this is in the in-between, right? This is in the space that's the water and the rivers flow through these, these canyons. And so this mm-hmm. is a place that's trying to bring water from the badlands into where we want to grow crops so that we can irrigate. And so if Nasir is getting there now, how are you arriving at this location? What kind of like vehicle are you taking there? So I think I'm coming on what is essentially a four wheeler from my like residence in town uh, and a little bit closer to the office out to like essentially the outlands, right? Like the the area where we sort of meet the, the less hospitable parts of the the countryside I'm coming in on like a four wheeler and I, I think I come off and I'm dressed very differently, right? Like I was probably in some like maroon slacks and like a khaki shirt. Now I am a hundred percent olive green, like workman's attire, like overalls with like cargo pockets, like down the front and down the sides. I've got like a tool belt on. I think I've probably got like a, like a screwdriver behind my ear I have like every tool you could imagine that for what is probably like a routine checkup, uh, but I'm like covered in in gear, uh, and I think I've got like a jacket on over it that has also got like extra pockets, and I think you, we don't really know what's in them, but if you like looked, every pocket is definitely full, right? Like I've got sort yeah. of like a runk, like a like a lumpy shape. So I think that Mateo is kind of wearing. Uh, exactly what he wore when you described him in that first scene which is that he has like a tank top on and this kind of futuristic like out of his cargo pants or work pants on but a lot less than whatever is going on with you and i think he arrived in a suv or maybe even closer to a van that has kind of a, a double back door 
And I think he opens that up and and takes a, a wrench or some other tool out and closes it, but then turns back to see you kind of getting off of the four-wheeler. And he just kind of has like eyes wide open at you. All right. Uh ready for whatever. And I've got like a huge smile on my face. Yeah. He he gets a big grin and he says, I can tell, but lose the belt, okay? It might get caught in the ladder. Oh, uh, all right. Uh, and I will take the belt off and like just drop it over the four-wheeler. So I think he walks up to this this kind of protrusion, this access point. He starts undoing the top of it with the wrench. And he says, look, I know this is your first time, so um, probably best for you to follow my lead. Unless that is, you think you can handle this on your own? Uh, I'm happy to to do whatever needs to happen. Uh, happy to take the lead on this one. If if um you don't uh, I'm I can I can handle it. He kind of just raises an eyebrow and says, "You understand that things out here are different than what you learned in a classroom back on Earth, right?" I think at that. My smile flickers for like a half a second. If they're different, that's just an opportunity to learn something new. So, okay. I think with that line, I want to kind of turn it over to you. And I want to hear how does the next several hours go? I want you just to kind of describe how the scene progresses and how the how the work gets done on this. So I think we head down into the tunnels and these tunnels are like water pipe access, I think. And they're huge, right? They're like three times the size uh, of a person by height and width. So like 20 feet across in a sort of diameter. And we head some way down the pipe and it has like the water's been turned off. And I think we, we head down. And when we get to the blockage, there's sort of two groups of people, right? There is a group of clearly managers just like arguing And I think they're discussing how like what the best way to remove the blockage is and like if there's a clever way to do this and sort of what can happen. And there's a second group that is at the blockage shoveling away at it, like removing the blockage, chipping away from the walls and from the center. And I want to name it smells awful, right? Like this is (laughs) this is like water that has been drawn in. And I think that there's like all kinds of shit in it. And like this is like pre-water treatment. Like this is literally shit. Like literally it smells like feces. And there's just a group of people like in the shit shoveling it, trying to get rid of it. And Mateo and I walk up and join the conversation with the managers for like maybe like a minute or two before Nasir looks over and just sees that there are people working at the blockage already. And when I see that I just take off my jacket since no one's really engaging with me anyway. And I walk over to the people who are clearing the blockage and I ask for a shovel and I just start like picking at the blockage with everyone else and like shoveling shit. And I think Mateo is, is like standing with the managers, like getting updates and he's sort of getting increasingly frustrated with the fact that like, we just need more power like like manpower staff power here working at clearing this blockage like there's no clever solution it's just work and after about like 10 15 minutes of like arguing with these people and getting frustrated i think he looks up uh, exacerbated and like realizes i'm not standing there and starts looking around for me and sees me 
at the blockage. And I think he tells the two man, the two other people there like to go fuck themselves. And then like in a, in the kind of way that you can with someone that you've been working with for a long time. And then like walks over and essentially like joins in and like after a few hours of like grueling manual shitty labor. Yeah. uh, I think like the blockage is cleared and like, we're like heading back up and like yeah. messaging home base to like restart the water. And and I think just, just to go back to like kind of the shoveling and him walking up to you, I think it's kind of like we get that shot of him walking up and then it's like him looking to the side and seeing you and you kind of looking to the side and seeing him and you're both kind of engaging in this work. I think when we share the look, yeah. I smile like it's a huge shit eating grin on my face almost literally shitty this time yeah <laughs> uh and like i'm in like grueling manual labor hours of grueling manual labor in stink and there's a huge smile on my face yeah i think he kind of sees you do that and we get that same shaking his head left and right but kind of he has a, a almost like amused look on his face that the fact that you're kind of taking this with such cheer but yeah so after after several hours i think you're kind of finishing up and and maybe it's well let me ask this what time of day is it when all this when you're finished like what what does it kind of look like outside i think we got the notice at the close of day meeting so probably like late afternoon and then we we came over here it was probably around sunset it is probably now pretty close to dawn Oh, so you've been like working all through the night at this? All through the night. It's probably okay. light, and it was dark inside. And when we come out, it's definitely dark. But we're we're probably like a f- at most like an hour and a half, two hours from dawn. Yeah. Oh from man. So, so I think when you come up the ladder, just to describe the scene, then if it's dark and you're like way out in the kind of Aventine, like near the wilderness, like far from civilization, the stars are so clear in the night just because there's no light and you can really take in that this starscape is like a different perspective than what you would see on earth i think when we're sort of standing there isn't it just amazing that even from a different point of view they're the same stars he just kind of like exhales when you say that and then kind of shakes his head as if he just had a thought and then turns to you and says Come on, I want to show you something. And I think that's when I want to cut back to the car. Ugh. And I think we have Nickelback playing on the... <laughs> oh, no. Fuck you, John, for reminding me. And fuck you, Mike, for making it a reality. <laughs> Look at this photograph. No, Every uh, time I do it makes me laugh. No, first of all, it's animals that's playing right now. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> So I think we just hear I the just music. I think it's rude that Celine Dion got brought into this yeah, she, because I don't yeah. think she was ever it. forgotten. So I'd like to just point out that most I'm not sure how many people know that Nickelback is from Canada, but fucking everyone knows Celine Dion is from Canada. That's right. true. So I think we kind of hear the, the music softly in the background and maybe it clicks off because Arno, I think you see maybe a couple hundred yards down the road you see like some metallic shapes kind of to the left or right of the roadway. And as you get closer, you see that this is the moved off the road, but still there 
remains of the wrecked convoy in the photographs that you saw. And just to describe that further, on many of them, you see that the sides are kind of smashed and dented in. One of them is actually like flipped up onto its rear end. So it's kind of like an SUV, but with the front facing up into the sky. And then another of the vehicles on the right side of the road appears to be burnt out. Um, and as the car kind of, sl- or the Grizzly, excuse me, kind of comes to a halt on the roadway, you see that off to the left side, there are some faded blood trails. And so as soon as you stop, I think Ren kind of scans the horizon and then opens the door and steps out of the vehicle. But I want to know as he does that, what are the four of you doing as you arrive on the scene? I think Mara gets out and straps her sensor onto her hand uh, in anticipation Mm -hmm. of examining the the scene of the crime. Okay. Lila's going to stay glued to Kriga and keep her arm hand on his arm and make sure that he's not going anywhere because she still doesn't trust him. Yeah. What about Arno and Nasir? I think Arno wants to get out and take a look to see if there's anything moving, if there's anybody else or anything else in the vicinity. Okay, so just kind of like surveying the whole perimeter. Yeah, I don't want to put it too on the nose, but I guess I am scoping it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then what about you, Nasir? I think... I am slinging an assault rifle over my shoulder uh, and stepping out of the the Grizz. There's like very little gear on me and I'm sort of like looking out and ready to go. Okay. So I think I want to maybe start with you, Lauren, and have you scope it out to kind of see what you're discovering with the sensor. So I think that Mara is very gingerly approaching the scene it is taking a lot of her mental energy to physically put one foot in front of another because the signs of struggle and blood and carnage is very very upsetting to her but i think that i will invoke a hook here um, my first one, oh. solving the big problems is the most important thing I can do. I won't let relationships with others stand in the way. Um, what I will say here is that I think that she is not, she is ignoring her own trauma and engaging with the situation. So I think that she absolutely has disadvantage on anything going forward, including this role I'd okay. say right here, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I am scoping it out. I will roll my plus two calculating. I will add one more die to see. Let's have something fun go on here. It's just let's 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 be light and fun about it. A one and a four and a two, six and a seven. All right. That's still a partial success. We love a partial. All right. Okay. so um, for scope it out uh, on a seven or nine, you can ask one question from the list. And feel free to, again, kind of shape it into, like, what sure. are you looking into at the scene? Let me peruse my options. I I guess what I will say is, looking at the scene, does Mara believe that there is anywhere for the um, the creature to be hiding in wait? Oh, interesting. Okay. And I guess what, what question from the list would well, you use No, I, I guess what I'm saying is that would shape my question. 
if she thinks the creature is actively oh, oh, on I see site, what you're saying. then she's going to look oh, for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, If yeah. she thinks this is truly like okay. uh, an environment where she can investigate without being attacked. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. So, I, I get what you're saying. So, I think if if you're taking in this scene, I don't think that there's any obvious spot that you see that this creature would be, like, hiding among the wreckage. These sort of wrecked vehicles are all placed to the side of the road and this is very far from any dense foliage or okay. anywhere where you would expect this thing to have cover. So it's kind of very open ground. Okay. So I think based on her perception that the creature probably isn't laying in wait, uh, my question will be who or what here could be a useful opportunity. And her idea here is, right, we have these dual mysteries of... Is she still thinks maybe the creature is somehow involved with the Lustra, maybe. So if she could get some signs about Lustra at the pumping site or or excuse me, at the this site, or yeah. if it's okay. you know the the creature, I think she's really working that sensor. So I th- I think you have your sensor out and you're kind of going through all of the like electromagnetic frequencies, kind of trying to see for if there's any signs of anything. And maybe your Oh, I'm actually, I'm going to give you a couple things here. Okay. I think you're going through, and I think you start by focusing on the same frequency that the device that you found on Satis was. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of scanning this, and I think you're not really seeing anything, and then you get faint blips. Pop, pop. And I think it's like, okay, nothing here that you can track, but... This raises your suspicion of there being something somewhere on this planet for you to look into. But I think the thing that you do get here is after kind of seeing this, you continue to move through the frequency spectrum and you get a kind of like wide band signal. Mm. And I think you're kind of scanning and going through these vehicles and you get the it's like the kind of like beep, 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 and it's getting mm-hmm. closer and closer. And you see, and maybe this is like a vehicle that's flipped over on its side near the ground by this, like kind of by where the window was. You see what looks like an employee ID badge. And this is a badge that's for the, for this Northwest mine. Okay. And so I, th- I think on this badge, you see that the name is Taryn Clark. And I think what we see is we, I want to cut away from you for a second, but I think we see you kind of typing in the information on this badge into your slate or otherwise trying to look this up. And so now, Mike, if you're kind of scoping out the landscape, I want you to go ahead and roll scope it out. Fuck yeah. Come on, no experience. Oh, wait, no, that's Cher. Sorry. Wow. (laughs) It's all coming back. I'll take a seven. No, yeah, it's an eight. Yeah. An eight. All right. So again, um, Scope it out when you take time or use sense of equipment to closely study an object, situation, or person. You're all plus calculating. Uh, seven tonight, you can ask one question from the list. And I will ask... Uh, I guess just what should I be on the lookout for? Okay. I like that one. So I think you're kind of looking out... And I just want... Can you describe, I guess, like how is Arno looking as he's kind of scoping out the horizon here? So we could see the wreckage. I guess what Arno's trying to figure out is like, where did it look like things went wrong for the wreck? 
Did it look like something came from the road, off the road? Did it look like the uh, the wreckage was stopped in its tracks or hit from the side? Things of that nature to get a sense of like how the collision may have happened and like from what direction or sort of like what happened here. Um, yeah. And then barring that, really trying to take a look to see if there's like what attention or what has changed as a result of the wreckage. You know, maybe um, there's some wildlife that's like been attracted to this or maybe it's just very quiet and still. I'm just trying to get a good sense of not just what happened, but like what has happened since. Okay. I like that. So I think I want to kind of like do some intercutting here. Leela, you're with Ren, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that he kind of stops and crouches down by the ground. And you just see him kind of look at the at the earth and kind of trace his hand along a depression in the ground and kind of look up and look further down the road. So it seems like he's kind of on to something. So Mara, while this is happening though, I think we kind of cut back and see you looking at the slate. And I think it's kind of like running through a bunch of names and we're kind of seeing like employee records kind of flashing up and down the screen, right? And then I think a kind of red box appears that just says no record found. And Ardo, I think you're kind of by one of the side turned cars. And there are some little pebbles on the wheel. And that's kind of like horizontal to the ground because it's turned on its side. And I think you just see the pebbles start to kind of vibrate. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Don't like this jello scene. Hmm. Jurassic don't like Park it. style? Yeah, I don't or like it. I hate what's it. Going on here? And we're getting close to the end of the episode, so I feel like John's going to spring <laughs> something really scary on us. Yeah, no, so, so, but that, that was actually a question for you, like Jurassic Park style, or yeah, is this just something like, you fucking know what it is, like, dude, you fucking know what it is. It's, it's kind of just a continuous tremor. So it's not Jurassic Park style, it's tremor style. Okay, okay, <laughs> I want to, shit, what do I do here? Um, Hit it. Arno is going to very dramatic, oh my god, get on a knee and to get a sense of like the intensity of the tremor. So yeah, I think you do that, and the intensity is growing and I think we see Ren kind of stand up from his crouched position and then he looks back to you and has a sense of alarm on his face and that's when Arno you see that maybe half a mile in the distance the ground kind of bulges up as if like a wave under the ground and is moving close to you at a very high speed Fuck you. 